Good afternoon and welcome to this live edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. Want to say hi on this, uh, is it Wednesday? Is it Wednesday? It is my Wednesday. days are just mixed up right now, let me tell you. Uh, but we're glad to be here and we've got a great lineup of a show to share with you this afternoon. It's definitely warm out there. I hope you had a great Memorial Day weekend uh, with getting together with family. I know I enjoyed some time with family, cooking out. First time this year that we've actually cooked out on the grill and, and had a great time with that. Hey, let's say hi to our Facebook friends before we go any further. We uh, are broadcasting live also on Facebook and want to welcome you. And please like and share our video. Tell your friends about Bot Radio Network, not just this program, Mid-South Viewpoint, but all of the great Bible teaching programs that are available to you 24-7 right here in Memphis on AM 640 and FM 100.7. Well, we had a program lined up today. We've been talking about this for several weeks now, I guess. Pastor Ricky Floyd of the Pursuit of God Church and I have been talking about getting together on a particular topic. Ricky, good to see you, first of all. How are you doing? I am very well. Anytime I'm in your presence, no. uh, <laughs> uh, I'm doing good. So thank you. I'm excited Bro, you're about too being kind. here. How's Sheila doing? She doing well? Sheila is great. She's got one of the grandbabies. So whenever she's got one of the grandbabies with her, she's just a tab below heaven. Let me tell you what. I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. My wife, when she holds one of our two granddaughters, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, she's a different person. Her name becomes Mimi, you know. <laughs> and Mimi's there for every beck and call. Right. But it's something about grandparenting is just incredible. I, I just think that's my calling in life to be a grandparent. <laughs> we had originally wanted to do a program on the men's university. We still want to do, by the way. Thank you. Uh, you, I think, posted something that got my attention. And there's been this uh, incredible work through Men's University. Can you give us just a little bit of background, just briefly, about Men's University? I, I would love to. Man, Manhood University is a collaboration between uh, the city of Memphis, corporate America, and the churches, three C's coming together uh, and connecting the community. You know, I think what all of us have realized in order for us to have a better city, we're going to have to have better individuals. And uh, with, in order for us to have better families, we're going to have to have better men. And so what we've done is we've come together and they've allowed us to have influence. Matter of fact, all of the curriculum was written by local pastors here in the city. And we're teaching men uh, time management, financial literacy. We're teaching men purpose. We're teaching men how to discover, uh, how to work well with other men. Some of the basic skills that you would be surprised by that many of our men in this in this community have, because of the high rate of children being born without a father in the house, many men don't have simple techniques on how to look other men in the eye when they shake hands or Something as simple as if the job starts at 8 o'clock and you pull up on the lot at 8, you are late. And you don't have a right to question uh, the boss's integrity or if he's a racist because you didn't show up on time. Yeah, you know, Mr. Bott has a saying. If you're, <laughs> if you're five minutes early, you're on time. If you're the 8 o'clock yeah, mark, you're late. That's you know, it. That's yeah. it. So, that's yeah. it. Well, we're going to talk more about this uh, Manhood University mm -hmm. and the work, uh, the collaborations you mentioned from all these identities that are coming together. Mm -hmm. I think it's a great thing. Yeah. We saw how many men recently graduate from the first class? Uh, the first class, I think we had close to 100 men graduated from I the mean, first class. I mean, that's incredible. Yeah. That's so uh -huh. exciting. Yeah. Well, when we talked today, you sent me a text and you said, hey, I know we're supposed to talk about Manhood yeah. University, but there's something else I wondered if you were interested in. 
And I said, hey, why not? This is live radio, and we want to provide engaging programming for our listeners. And so I feel like today's program will do just that. Tedros Saluki. Now, I hope yes, I'm sir. saying it right. You got I've it. I've never heard it. anybody Tedros it. before. Tedros, welcome. Put a, put a D in there, Tedros. 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 I've got to leave the yes, D in there. Yes. Tedros, welcome to Bot Radio, yes, and thank sir. you for being on Mid-South yes, Viewpoint yes, today. Sir. So what happened? Ricky just gave you a call and said, hey, you want to go out to lunch? And then you wound up at a radio station. <laughs> Actually, it was breakfast. Oh, it was a breakfast. <laughs> it was breakfast. And we were exploring avenues to get the information about this crusade that we want to do on Orange Mound. And he knew somebody who knew somebody who knew you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you the know. crusade you're talking about yes, is sir. called Taking the Gospel to the Streets, yes, a two-day mini-crusade. June 8th and 9th. Yes, it's going to be free food, live music, and a whole lot more. And we want to give details about that, Tedros. Before we do, I'd like to know more about you. I mean, Ricky tells me you've been delivered from a 25-year drug addiction. I mean, if you live to be 100 years, that's a quarter of your life. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, I uh, first indulged in uh, cocaine when I was 17 years old in the military. You know, I was one of the younger ones on my boat, had nothing to do, and a guy introduced me to it, and the worst thing that ever happened was I liked it. And it sent me on a 25-year uh, road of addiction, you know, in and out of prison, you know, trying to find help, couldn't find the help and things of that matter. And I finally went and got some help after being under his leadership and telling me that I need to do something and allow God to come into my life. And when you say his, are you talking about Pastor Ricky? Apostle, yes, sir. Okay, he's this Ricky man right here. Yes, okay, sir. that's yes, awesome. Sir. There was a testimony to go along with that, you know, where he finally he told me, enough is enough, you need some help. So were you a, a functional addict? I mean, you were holding a job down. You said you were in the military. Right. So when that began, did you have a long term in the military? Uh, no, sir. It was because of drugs that I got kicked out of the military. Okay. Because of my use over, uh, uh, it allowed me to be kicked out. And, no, I never really held a job. You know, I just was in the streets. I wasn't homeless. I had somewhere to go. But because of my addiction, I chose not to. I chose to stay in the streets and live that lifestyle. You know, at that time, the testimony is now that there wasn't a church that reached out to me, you know, that told me about Jesus Christ. You know, I was raised as a Muslim, you know, and that was by force, you know, was told, you're going to do this. Why? Because I said so. You know, and I often wonder sometimes at that young of age, if somebody told me about Jesus, what would have happened then? Ricky was telling me before we went on the air that your name, Tedros, is actually an Islamic name or Muslim name. Yes, sir. And that name was given to you by your mom. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You want to tell us that story? Well, I was six years old, and um, <laughs> she told me, we need to change your name, you know, and because we're Muslims. I'm like, what's that? Doesn't matter. Your name now is Tedros Akbar Saluki. You know, so I said, okay, you know, and that uh, that's what it was from that day on. So it was legally changed. What was your birth name when you were born? Galen Dwayne Fleming. Okay. That's, that's quite a difference. In the, you know, yeah, it's about contract. just as bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tedros, this journey that you're going on with drugs, I mean, evidently you got pretty bad. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But no one was reaching out to you. There were, in the military, was there not a program that they tried to help you? At the time that I went through the military, they had a zero tolerance. They had a zero tolerance. And at that time, cocaine was brand new, something they want to tolerate. So when they uh, booted me out, it was with no help, no uh, anything. They gave me my last check and said, be gone. You know, so 
and then I don't even think if if they would have offered it at that time, if I would even took it. Like I said, it was something that I had indulged in. It was something different in my life, you know. And I went on with it, you know. Prior to that high school, I had a baseball scholarship to Rice University. <laughs> And because of my addiction early in life, I never even followed through on it. So basically the addiction caused you to lose out on a lot of things that would have come to you possibly. Through. Possibly. What about your dad? Was he in your life during this time? No. Okay, no. so what was the influence of your mom to become Muslim? Well, it was what she said went. Somebody you know, so. actually must have reached out to her. Well, what it was, my stepfather. Okay. I had a stepfather that was there, and he was a Muslim. They got married. Now we're Muslim. Yeah. You know, that was basically it right there. And I guess there wasn't too much uh, kickback right there because he was all right in my life at that time, I thought. You know, and now I look at things, some of the things he told me, well, I don't agree with now. But I had to do what I had to do at that time because I was told to do it. Now, did you take on the faith of being a Muslim yourself as you got older? or No, I had told myself at an early age, as soon as I can get away, I'm gone. Yeah. You know, because I had no understanding of why I was doing what I was doing. You know, without an explanation, I just was in rebellion. And I think from that rebellion, from the religious aspect, made me rebellious just in life, period. Right. Tedro, sometimes people who get caught up in these strong addictions, there's also a lifestyle of crime activity in their life. I mean, was that also part of what you were up to? Yes, sir. I uh, did whatever I had to do to get the drug that I wanted to do. I ended up doing eight years in prison. Eight years in prison. And... My mentality when I went to prison was, I can't believe I'm just in jail for selling crack to the police, which was wrong. But my mentality was, when I get out, I'm going to do the same thing. You know, I didn't even think about changing my life, doing anything different. Didn't go to church while I was there, laughed at people with the Bible, anything. I was just trying to get back to what I was doing. Now, Pastor Ricky, during this time, did you have a relationship with Tedros? Did you know him during this time? I, I did not know uh, Tedros during that time. I knew him when he began to make some attempts for uh, uh, freedom from addiction, and uh, the, the power of the drug just kept calling him back. You know, He'd do good for quite a period of time, and, and then there were triggers. And, and I think that's one of the things that we talked about was you, we've got to discover the triggers. Most people, any any sin that you have, you got to, to you got to ask yourself, what is it that triggered? What what was what opened the gate? What made me think this sin was okay? And so I think that's what we had to discover. What and, his and what, triggers what were. What did you discover as you went through and talked about triggers in Tedro's life? Well, you know, one of the things, and we we even wiser of it of it now. Uh, stress is a trigger for some people. This is what I've heard a lot of addicts say that. Ironically, money in their pocket is a trigger when they have money in their pocket. So if you've got an addict or you're married to an addict, you have to manage and distribute their money to them. That's just the trigger of having money in their problem. You've got to do something with it yeah. and yeah. want to spend it on my habit. Right. And I've heard it said when you have a bad habit, you know, some people struggle and you say, well, if you're, why can't you just get off the drugs? Yeah. You've got to replace bad habits with good habits. Absolutely. You know, and it's really kind of yeah. changing the mind because the drugs do change your brain chemistry. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, a, it's definitely a spiritual battle, but it's also a physical thing, too, especially if you go, yeah. if you're doing drugs for 25 years. Well, it's spiritual, it's physical, and it's mental, and he yes. can probably touch that a little more than I can. I didn't realize what I had uh, been delivered from some time, and my thinking patterns were still some of the ways of an addict. And I was like, why am I thinking this way? I have God in my life. I'm walking around. I'm not using drugs. 
So I had to go away. And this was an aspect of my life. I said, well, I took control of my own life at this time. Because sometimes um, you could call someone, a brother, a sister, a pastor, a leader in your life, and their advice that they give you may be good and you may follow it. But deep down inside, you're saying, that's not what I need to hear. So it was at this time that this pattern of thought was going through my head that I had to, I got on a bus and went all the way to Nashville and went to a 28-day inpatient dual diagnosis treatment center where they told me, yeah, you're continuing to go in and out because you have mental issues also. Drug-induced a depression, PTSD, all these other things that I was that had never dealt with. And they told me, yeah, you can treat the addiction all day long, but if you don't treat the mental, you're going to end up going back. Yeah. If you treat the mental and not the addiction, you're going to end up going back. Right. So through, you know, the power of God, medication, and help from a su- support system, I'm able to continue to walk. Well. Okay, so talk about how Christ started helping you put the steps back to in order for you. I mean, how you were able to move out of this lifestyle of 25-year addiction. It was hard. It was hard because I didn't want to stop, I said at first. But then once people such as Apostle and other people in my life told me that there was a champion in me, that God had a plan and a purpose for my life, I finally started to believe it. I started to say, you know what, there's got to be something different. There's got to be something more. So I started to pursue it. And the thing I pursued, I went to a place in St. Louis to get some help. I had to get away from Memphis because I knew too many people. I knew too many avenues in Tennessee where I could continue to do what I do. So by me making a decision, you know, Apostle teaches that once you make up your mind, it doesn't take God long. You know, so I finally made a decision to allow at least, you know, God to come into my life and come into my heart and it's begin to change. You know, one of the things that I, I want to attribute to it, he had he had a support group. He had a support group, not just in me. He had a wife. And this is a definition that I gave of love, uh, of love, if an intense feeling of deep affection. Uh, for a person or thing that will cause them to make sacrificial, out-of-the-ordinary, uncomfortable actions of loyalty and service to a person or thing many times that makes no sense. So he had a wife that was doing that. He had a pastor that was doing that, that many times when he would take some of the actions that he would take, people would wonder why we would forgive him, why we would hold on to him, why we would give him another chance was because we loved him and we were not loving him one-on-one. He was getting the overflow of our love for God. Well, you know, Pastor, as Tedro said a moment ago, there was no church that would reach out to yeah. him, you know? Mm-hmm. But it seems like your church was there and helped him. Your wife, Jennifer, yes. she must be an amazing lady. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. You know, and we want to say hi yes. to Jennifer's hey. watching on Facebook yes. right now, too, and our yes. Facebook friends. So yes. glad that you're joining us here yes. on AM640 and yes. FM100.7 Mid-South yes. Viewpoint today. But... You know, having that unconditional love, yes. when you're not worthy of unconditional love, yes. you know, yes. that's the way God does it, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. And I knew it was God because um, <laughs> that relationship, how he brought us together, had to be God. I had got out of prison, and I ended up doing a robbery in Nashville, ended up in Memphis, and ended up meeting my wife. And honestly, and she's, I'm going to say something she knows already. She wasn't one that I was attracted to. 
you know, I said, how'd I end up with you? She said, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that. But, you know, she, she has always been there. She's always supported me, been mad at me, love with me, cry with me, pray with me. But she knew, you know, that God was going to bring me out. That's what allowed her to continue to long suffer with me. And I, I thank God for her. And now she is the most beautiful woman in the world. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Inside and outside. Inside and outside. And sometimes we get foggy vision, don't yeah. we, Pastor? Because <laughs> oh. of our sin, it, we get distorted views mm-hmm. on everything. Right. Absolutely. And, and, and listen, one reason he didn't want her because she's strong. <laughs> and that's what he needed. Had he right. had a pushover, right. he would not be delivered right, right. now. That's she's she, she still. There's right. something. Right. Listen, I got right. a still wife, too. Yeah. Let me tell you right. what. You know, right. I'm very thankful for her. Right. Very thankful for her. After right. 34 years of marriage, I'm very wow. thankful for her. Yeah. Right. Okay, so you're on the road to transformation. God does his work in your life. And now you're taking it to the streets yes, with this sir. two-day mini crusade, June 8th and 9th. Yes. You have a ministry. It's, what's the ministry? is called stepping, stepping Out on Faith. Stepping Out on Faith. Yes, sir. I guess we're all called to do, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So tell me about how that started. What happened was um, once I got my deliverance from – actually what happened, it was a cold winter day in St. Louis. And um, I'm still trying to find the purpose everyone's talking about. And God told me, this is the will of God for your life, to help those. I want you to be the type of person. Jesus. I wish you, I want you to be the type of person you wish somebody was for you. You know, I'm like, wow, I wish somebody would kick in the door and come and get me. I wish somebody would tell me about Jesus. So every day, and then he told me, and you're going to do that in Memphis. He said, I'm changing your name once again to Ephraim, meaning I'm going to make you a success in this wow. land where you once struggled. So I said, well, Memphis, here I come, you know, like that. So to be the type of person I wish somebody else was for me is what I do on a daily basis. We house men and women that are homeless, bound by drugs, alcohol, prostitution, and gang violence in a 9- to 12-month Christian living opportunity. So you are kicking the doors down. <laughs> under the bridges, in in the crack houses, under places that people don't want to go. Literally, literally this morning he was telling me a story about how one of the persons he's went got back. He went in the crack house and sit on the bed with her. And he has gone to those houses so many times. I'm like, man, they, they didn't try to jump you or nothing. They respect the fact that there is a pastor that cares enough about his members to go into the lion's den and get get him. So they open the door and let him come in. And so, Pastor Ricky, this is another reason why we want to get together and talk about this partnership yeah. that you have, the Pursuit of God mm-hmm. Church, where you pastor, with the ministry Stepping Out on Faith, mm-hmm. where Tedros is uh, leading this ministry, coming together and doing God's work yes. in Orange Mound and other places? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're, we're excited because he is, he is the result of that this works. He's proof that it works. He has a voice that I don't have a voice. Fortunately, God, I never got to experience drug addiction. And so he has a voice, he has experience, he has wisdom, and he has a passion for this. To know uh, not just the pain that, that those people are feeling at that particular moment, but he knows the deliverance on the other side of that pain. And so he's like, when he goes, he goes with an intensity, come and taste and see that the Lord is good. I know that dope is good because I had it (laughs) and it or it had me. But listen, let me show you this, this new high. Let me show you this freedom. Let me show you this liberty. Let me show you this, this, this love that's, that's based 
in, in the precepts of the Lord. And so his passion, his commitment, his previous experience, the very thing, I was saying that whatever the devil used to try to kill you, if it didn't kill you, it's got to pay you and because God's going to use you to work with the very thing that he's done. And he's a living example of that. And so we just want to partner with him because we know he's real, he's relevant, he's raw, and and he can get in some places that I can't get into. You know, I was thinking about what the Apostle Paul says. He comes in fear and trembling when Mm -hmm. he presents the gospel. And even as Tedros was sharing about these people mm-hmm. calling traps he's reaching out to, you could just tell in his in his face yeah. that he's dependent upon God yeah. and knows the deliverance and mm-hmm. knows the trap people are called. And we might have people listening right now on our Facebook page, watching on Facebook page, or listening to our live show right now on AM 640 and FM 100.7. Maybe you right now or you have a family member right now that is where Tedros has been for 25 years. And you're thinking there's no hope. We just blew that out of the water. There is hope. We just got an example right here of what God can do. So, Tedros, I want you, if you would, speak to that individual right now. Maybe it's a family. Maybe it's a mom that's just been crying. and She prays every night because she's got that son or daughter living on the streets because they're a crack addict or they're doing other things. Give them a sense of knowing that you already have shared that, but just help encourage them a second through what God can do in their life. There's a song. And it says it won't always be like this. For that person who may be listening right now, who may be in addiction, or the family member who wants to throw in the towel and give up on that family member, always continue to have hope, love, and faith that God can do what you've been praying for them to do. Don't stop praying for them. Don't give up on them. Continue to show them the love of God. Those that are in addiction that want help, make a decision because once you make up your mind, it doesn't change, take God long. There was a saying by an old preacher that said, what did he say? Uh, well, drop the pipe and pick up your life. Wow. Amen. The thing about that is the right decision is usually the hardest one to make. The right decision right now is for you to step out on faith and do something different. The reason that's a tough decision is because the enemy has sold you a lie that this is okay, that this is who you are. I remember I was sitting lonely in a crack house one day, and I told myself, it's got to be something more. There's been a day in your life that you've told somebody, you're going to look up, and I'm not going to be here no more. Let that be today. Yes. Let that be the day that you say you're not going to see me no more. And the next time you see me, I'm going to be walking in victory. Make that decision today. We're here to help. If there's other people out there to help you, just walk away from where you are right now. Tedros, thank you so much for being so transparent and honest. And that's the truth, guys. Pastor Ricky, as Tedros was sharing that, I can't help but say how many times, more than once, that I've walked away from the gravesite of people like Tedros who kept saying, it'll be tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. I'm not ready to do it now. It wasn't a tomorrow for them. Mm -hmm. They're gone. And it doesn't have to be that way right now. If you're hearing our voice and you're caught in this trap, you can be delivered. There's a road of help for you. Yes. And we want to give some information now, Tedros, because you're talking about this place a place of refuge, a place of deliver, a place to help people get back on track. Yes, uh, where people can go, and that's yes. here locally, right? Yes. Not only is it local, we have twenty three other restoration ministries across the United States, because one of the biggest traps that the enemy uses is familiarity. You being in the city where you're from, 
So we've established different restoration homes across the United States. So if somebody can't get it right here, we can send them to Florida. We can send them to St. Louis, Chicago, wherever it need be to get them the help. So it's just a decision needs, needs to be made to come on in and allow us to do that. Okay. All right, now, taking it the gospel to the streets, June 8th and 9th, it'll be taking place on the corner of Park and Airways. Yes, sir. Uh, what's going to happen those two days? There's going to be testimonies of overcoming drug addiction or life-forming habits. There's going to be live music. The Word of God will be going forth. There's going to be evangelism teams on all four corners praying for people that just needs prayer. We're out there to represent, as my pastor showed me, represent uh, Christ to the lost community of Orange Mound. And we want to rebuild the uh, reputation of the local church in that area because, as we know, Orange Mound has a lot of history right there. So we want to rebuild and, 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 and uh, restore the reputation right there by representing the love of God to the people. Because, like I said, it wasn't presented to me. So we want to represent or represent who Christ is supposed to be and can be in your life. Amen. Most of the people that... Uh uh, this team goes to his people that unfortunately many people are not excited about seeing in their pews on Sunday. <clears throat> and so God has given them an anointing and us to partnership with them to provide some some bodies, some resources just to touch people. And and we, we I know he said that word a couple of times. I want to say it again. It is our our responsibility to represent Christ, to give people a representation of God's unconditional love. And that's what we're going to be doing these two days. We're going to be standing on their comp- corners, showing the people, giving to the people, loving the people, hugging the people, and giving the people an opportunity to do something that changed our lives and that is accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. All right. Yes. Gentlemen, our time has gone on this program today, our live edition of Mid-South Viewpoint this uh, Wednesday afternoon. Pastor Ricky Floyd, thank you, my dear brother, as always. Thank uh, you, sir. Appreciate you bringing Tedros, a new friend and brother in yes, Christ, sir. to me thank today. Uh, Tedros Saluki, you mentioned a, a new name. Now, are you going to change your name again, or are we going to stay with Tedros? <laughs> I think we're going to stay right there right now. Okay. Right there. Yes. Well, uh, let's give out this phone number, too, if folks want information about the June 8th and 9th, taking the gospel to the streets, call 901-801-4212, or you can call 314-757-3899. Yes, sir. All right. Well, gentlemen, we got to say goodbye. Thanks so much for stopping by today. Yes, sir. Thank you. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.